This is AgriPulse Daybreak West for Wednesday, October 2nd. Good morning. I'm Jeff Kelly. Here's today's headlines. State holds chlorpyrifos listening session. Purdue talks up H2A fixes. And do state dicamba regs protect crops? State to hold public meetings on chlorpyrifos alternatives. The Department of Pesticide Regulation and CDFA will host three workshops in January. They'll solicit public feedback on alternatives to chlorpyrifos. Now that the state is canceling the insecticide, the departments are required to lead a work group to identify, evaluate, and recommend safer, more sustainable alternatives for farmers. DPR plans to finalize the work group's recommendations in the spring. The public listening sessions will take place at 1 o'clock in Fresno, January 14th, then in Sacramento, January 16th, and in Ventura on January 21st. You can contact the DPR for more information, and that's at the website of alternatives at cdpr.ca.gov. That's alternatives at cdpr.ca.gov. White House may yet propose farm worker reforms. The Trump administration's first attempt at proposing immigration reform landed with a thud in the Republican-controlled Senate. But Agriculture Secretary Sonny Perdue says the White House is still planning to propose immigration legislation that could include major changes to the H-2A farm worker visa program. Speaking to reporters at the World Dairy Expo yesterday, Secretary Perdue suggested the legislation could make H-2A workers available year-round, a high priority for dairy producers, and also lower wage rates. We're hoping to have an opportunity to address not only the seasonability issue, but also the adverse wage rate, Purdue said. Many people that can get legal H-2A workers now are priced out of the provisions, he added, referring to the required wage rates. Here's a reality check. The chances of Congress passing immigration reform were always low, and the impeachment battle only makes the chances of enacting any major piece of legislation even more slim. In July, the Labor Department proposed a series of changes to the program, including an overhaul of the way the wage rates are calculated. But the American Farm Bureau Federation and other groups say the wage rate fix could drive up labor costs and create new wage disparities. U.S. dairy eager for Indonesian market. The European Union is in the midst of a trade fight with Indonesia, and the winner could be U.S. dairy. That according to a new report from the International Dairy Foods Association. European Union hit Indonesian biodiesel with new tariffs, and they range between 8 and 18 percent. Now, Indonesia plans to slap tariffs of 20 to 25 percent on European dairy products. And that's all the U.S. needs to increase its already significant sales to the Southeast Asian nation, according to IDFA. U.S. exported $166 million worth of dairy products to Indonesia last year. With the EU priced out of the market due to the tariffs on imports, opportunities exist to expand skim milk powder, whey, lactose, and cheese exports to Indonesia, according to Beth Hughes, IDFA Senior Director of International Affairs. No link found to dicamba damage regs. It is not clear how effective state dicamba regulations are in preventing damage from the herbicide to neighboring crops. USDA economists dug into the issue and say they couldn't find an easily identifiable geographic pattern between the state usage restrictions and the amount of damaged soybean acres in 2018. 
The economists are using farmer responses to the USDA soybean production practices and cost report for 2018. That according to the Economic Research Service. Some states with relatively high levels of damage, such as Iowa and North Dakota, had state-level regulations. Others, like Wisconsin, didn't, the ERS report found. Among the findings, about 4% of soybean fields last year were damaged by dicamba, and not all acres planted with dicamba-tolerant soybeans were actually treated with a herbicide. In all, 19 states studied more acres were planted with dicamba-tolerant seeds than were actually sprayed with dicamba, according to the ERS. For instance, in Mississippi, 79% of soybean acres were planted with dicamba-tolerant seeds. But only 54% of those acres were actually treated with the compound. Now bear in mind, ERS says farmers may only use dicamba if glyphosate-tolerant weeds appear. In other cases, dicamba-tolerant seeds might be planted to prevent yield losses from unintended exposure to dicamba. The herbicide, though, continues to pose a problem this year. In Illinois, for example, about 600 complaints have been filed. CDFA announces committee vacancies. CDFA is looking to fill seats on several committees that advise Secretary Karen Ross. The Citrus Pest and Disease Prevention Committee has three vacancies. The Livestock Identification Advisory Board has a position open for an individual from the dairy producer industry. The Shell Egg Advisory Committee has two spots open to advise the Food Safety and Quality Program. CDFA also is in need of several representatives from governmental and non-governmental organizations to serve on the Technical Review Committee for the Specialty Crop Block Grant Program, which will be granting awards ranging up to $450,000 this year. And on that note, October is National Farm to School Month. CDFA's Office of Farm to Fork is sharing the message with the 4,000 enthusiasts in its farm-to-school network. The program is celebrating its 15th year of connecting schools to locally sourced foods, educating students on agriculture, and supporting school gardens. Finally, here's today's They Said It. With such earnings, there must be a way to achieve a no-fail process for farmers to safely and efficiently use pesticides. That a Fresno Bee editorial board note advocating for industry to pay for tighter regulations to completely prevent spray drift. Well, that's Daybreak West for this Wednesday, October 2nd, brought to you by FMC. For the latest news out of Washington, D.C., visit AgriPulse.com. For AgriPulse Daybreak West, I'm Jeff Dowling.